Welcome, Jonathan Lewis. Welcome where? Uh, just to the episode 230 of the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. Also, dead air is not a very good thing for listeners, just FYI. So if I stop talking, you need to fill the gap somehow. So that's nearly... It's a lot of podcasts. 230. It, it is a lot of podcasts. I mean, if you think about it, I would roughly say, you know, the average of an hour an episode, some a bit longer, some a bit shorter... But 230 hours, you know, that's nearly, what, 100 days? You sure? Well, less than 100 days, like, but I figure, yeah. 100, I figure 100 days worth of stuff would be 240 hours. If we've done 230 hours, it's not far off. 24 hours in a day, wasn't it? Well, that's, that's the point, my friend. 24 hours times 10, 240. So 230 hours is nearly 240. So hence my original comment of nearly 100 days worth of content. Yeah. You know, you could say take away four roughly, you know, 24 goes into 100 nearly four times. So let's say 96 days. This is a really boring start to an episode, isn't it? Like a maths lesson. <laughs> what more, what more could the listeners want just before Christmas? Me fumble on maths, even though I have a maths, A level in maths. Did you know that? You're an A level in maths. True story. Must yes. Be fairly intelligent. Oh, fairly. Yes, level in maths is odd off. I guess. So I thought. Oh, well, I have got an A level in maths, law, and psychology. I'm really, I just, I just flicked through um, Facebook and I come across the headline: "I had to be lifted out of my flat by a crane. I have custom-built toilet in my 400 gram bungalow." Ouch. Mm. Let me guess. Addicted to food and I've got nothing else to do. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're absolutely jacked. Hmm? I thought you were going to say they're absolutely jacked. No. Uh, no, he's a 45 stone, very large man. Hmm. He's nearly 50, he was nearly 50 stone. That's quite sad. He managed to lose 10 stone in hospital, <clears throat> but since we turned to his bad habits, such as having four packs of crisps and a can of coke for breakfast, and he's now a 45 stone. Now, <clears throat> to me, if you win in hospital, clearly with issues for your weight, then you're having crisps and coke for breakfast. I'm sorry, but there should be no more help for you. That's a very savage line you're taking there, Jonathan. Um, I'm not sure I agree. <laughs> if That's I'm, no effort there, is it? Uh, if, I, I would probably go down the angle of more. I was thinking it feels to me like they've got some severe mental health issues, or some issues anyway. I, it's, it's hard to say without knowing more details what it is, but if you eat four bags of crisps and a can of coke for breakfast every day I don't think you're quite thinking normally to lose weight I'd have to go on a low calorie crash diet like 600 or 800 calories a day no mate you would not no you, you definitely wouldn't probably 5,000 calories a day and be um, shredded yeah uh, sure. all I would say is going on a low, very low calorie diet might help save his life quite quickly um, but yeah, I'm not so much sure. Obviously, you have to. I mean, you could just say, well, you know, go on a more logical, moderate diet and still lose significant amounts of weight quite quickly, I'd imagine. The best present I can hope for this year is Christmas is a gastric bypass. Again, not the right thing for you. Um, is that the one that stops you eating? 
limited stomach size. Yeah, well, we obviously you think back to the episode we talked about um, bariatric surgery and it's how effective or efficacious it is. I would say it's probably not a bad thing, other than I imagine they couldn't even have it being that size. I don't know, actually, I don't know enough about it, but my immediate logical reaction would be think that they're quite a high risk to have an operation of that sort anyway. But perhaps not, I don't know. Jason McKinnon, the UK's fattest man, went 65 stone Carl Thompson from Dover, died in 2015. And a situation shows the challenge the government faces in tackling the national obesity crisis. An extra five billion has been pledged over the next three years for research into health health threats, including obesity at a time when 63% of the adults in England are overweight and 28% because they're obese. Well, I'm going to tell you for nothing right now that three years, not enough time. What, to change the obesity epi- epidemic in the it's UK? Time to scratch the surface of educating the no, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with that. When I hear stories about these types of people in the media and stuff, it just saddens me, if I'm honest. I just get really sad to think that an individual is living like that. I just... The stuff this guy is saying just makes me think... Just, just finding excuses all the time. Jason blames an addiction to a takeaway food after making him balloon. I, I think The thing is, though, I generally don't believe that anyone wants to live the way... Live that way or be that person. You can't so, do and this is my point. This is why I'm saddened by it. I'm like, well, like I can't believe anyone wants to be like that. Therefore, there's clearly some big struggles they're suffering with to not be able to do something about it. So it's not. It's not just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit overweight and I feel self-conscious or I'm unhappy with my body shape or whatever. But I'll be honest, I just can't be bothered. Or you know, the whole argument of I just I don't know if you can hear my children. My children are screaming outside the door, which is quite annoying, um, especially when I can hear like mother dragging her along the floor. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking about the last part. Don't call social services. Um, uh, but anyway, where was I going? Um, I kind of figure like it's, there's such severe cases that I would find there must be something severely wrong in terms of mental health or in their environment or scenario of how they live, which is causing them to just not be able to do anything. And it just makes me feel like it's just no one should have to live that way. And I, I don't think, cause I, I, when they're that bad, I genuinely don't think it comes down to choice because I don't think anyone chooses to live like that, personally. You've got to take responsibility for yourself at some point, haven't you? You know what I mean? He's a grown-up man at the end of the day. There is, you've got to take an element of responsibility for yourself, haven't you? you yeah, but, well, yes. But and... The thing is, he's, if he has come out of he's compounding it. Can't go anywhere. This guy can't even move. He has to be crying up the house. So there's no way he's going downstairs to get snacks in the kitchen, is it? So it's, it's obviously somebody else facilitating his behaviour as well. Well, that's a different story altogether, I suppose. But yeah, I do feel... Yeah, and this isn't obviously what we were planning to talk about today, and I guess it's, it's perhaps an interesting thought experiment. But in that scenario of someone being overweight, not being able to even get out of bed and actually feed themselves, then yeah, someone's clearly got to be feeding them. And that makes... that. I can imagine the person feeding them could probably be quite a difficult situation for them in that perhaps they don't want to, perhaps they're feeling like, you know, like a lot of we are, like a lot of us are with our kids say as an example, like you don't want to give them certain stuff, but you don't also want to restrict them. I guess you don't want to be telling someone who you know, or, or let, let me rephrase it, I'm probably not explaining myself very well. I guess it's a difficult thing to that whole be cruel to be kind type scenario, which feels like it applies in that scenario where you feel like you're being cruel to the individual because they obviously want 
whatever you know said said foods that are causing the problem in the first place but you know it's not right for them does that, does that make sense yeah you should be saying no you're not having it that's not an easy thing to do when you feel like you're being cruel to that individual i guess that's the point i'm making in that scenario i said these things are really complicated and I, I i revert back to i think when when it's that severe i do just think there's some massive problems going on with those individuals which i, I don't think that falls into the personal responsibility camp for the most part There's whoever's in charge of him needs to go needs to take control, wouldn't they? Otherwise, they may even be killing him. Yeah, and that's I think that's why I refer it a little bit to the same thought process of like how parents are with their kids, because there are scenarios where you know that the best thing is to be cruel to your child at that moment. And when I say be cruel, I I use that term flippantly, as in like you don't if they're asking for sweets and it's bad for their teeth, you know the best thing to do is not give them sweets so it doesn't rot the teeth away. But you feel like you're being cruel. That's kind of the scenario. What I mean before anyone thinks that my wife is dragging my child across the landing again. Um, that was a joke. I'm sorry. Maybe a poor one, but it's a joke. <laughs> um, I'm sure people will realise it was a joke. I don't know. You can no. hear them screaming. Maybe they might think it's real. You never know these days, do you? Well, to be honest, um, well, obviously with the stuff about this poor uh, child star that obviously uh, I'm assuming you've seen in the media that their her parents have obviously been or we'll say parents mother and her girlfriend have now been present, oh, no. present, yeah um, I think you have heard it right yes yeah, in Wales again yeah it's it's horrendous the details of the entire case is absolutely horrendous however it with that kind of current temperature that's going on their my the neighbour lives on the the kind of cul de sac next to me. Their back garden, or front of their house, sorry, kind of is on the other side of a cul-de-sac where my back garden lands onto. And I went out to put something in the bin, maybe yesterday, I'm up to date for this, I can't remember. And there was some horrendous screaming coming from the house, like a baby. But it was like one of those really curdling screams from a baby where it didn't sound like a like a like just a normal cry. Yeah. Um, and I could hear the parents arguing. Definitely, like, there was a few F-bombs. Couldn't really work out what they were arguing or swearing about, but they have been quite a shouty family, generally. And I know this is airing public stuff in, in a... Or, sorry, private stuff in a public forum, but still. Um, the point I'm making is, like, I was listening, thinking, what do I do? Because I felt a, a, a need to go over there or a responsibility to go knock on the door and make sure everything's all right. Because you think back to that scenario where if you don't do something, then the worst happens. You you kind of... Obviously, I'd, I'd kick... I'd, well, I'd, I'd worse than kick myself. I'd just feel horrendous that I didn't do something. And it's such a difficult thing to do because you think, well, I also don't want to go over there and, and kind of almost make a scene out of something where I've mis misinterpreted what's actually happening. Well, there is that because you don't really know, do you? But well, no, I couldn't see anything. All I could hear was a baby's crying for a long... Like, I stood out there for a good few minutes just, just checking to make sure like I didn't hear anything that really made me think, fuck, I've got to go around there. Um... But the baby was crying, like they said, that wasn't just a normal cry, it sounded like a really distressed cry. And obviously, I guess, like as a parent, you know what they sound like, don't you? Um, and I, I was going on for, for several minutes, and like I said, with the parents in there, it doesn't feel like they were doing anything about it, because, I mean, I couldn't see, but I didn't know if they were in the same room or what, but I didn't feel like they were actually having much effect on the child, certainly in terms of trying to console it or whatever. Um, and I could just hear them arguing and shouting at each other. So I was thinking, oh no, please tell me I haven't got to go around there and just because obviously I don't want to get in, into an altercation or cause any trouble, or I don't also want to make them feel judged or feel like something's happening when it's not. But it's a hard situation, really hard. Not nutrition related as well, but um, that was one of those things there. But if, it's, if it happens more than once, then maybe yeah. Um, I don't even know how I got onto that topic. Something reminded me of it, or something we were talking about then, but I've. 
If there ever was a case for death penalty, them two should have it. And the yeah. death for death penalty, and they should have it. it they well, should not be allowed to go to jail. Should be killed. Death penalty, for me, death penalty is just so final. And I know, like, the, there are some scenarios where, like, if I don't, I think most people wouldn't argue against the death penalty in scenarios where there is a hundred percent conclusive proof that a certain crime like that happened. You'd be like, yeah, absolutely, then death penalty. And I kind of on that on board with that, but it's so rare to get a hundred percent absolute proof that I think it then just makes the death penalty such a difficult thing to apply most of the time. But again, we've gone way off topic. Well, yeah. I don't even know. We didn't, we didn't have a topic today, did we, mate? Could talk about the fact that my left arm really aches. I had my booster today. Oh my god! Did has Billy Gears put another um, chip inside you? He has. Yeah, I've been sticking magnets on it all day, and they've been sticking onto my arm. Oh my god! Have you stick a spoon on you? No, just magnets. I've been spoons. Oh, I remember when the, the uh, vaccine first came out, and some video of a woman putting a spoon to herself or a fork or in some sort of cutlery. You know, it's uh, a magnetic. I'm like, oh my god! And it's, this is a nurse, and again. Well, you probably shouldn't be in a job. Mm. There, there, are, there are videos of people putting magnets on their arms and them sticking. And I don't know why they stick, but obviously just I guess they've just been sticking to the skin or whatever, I don't know. But everyone then, obviously that's when I think a lot of the, the, the 5G chip type conspiracies started happening. This is where critical thinking goes out the window of people, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. But I will say, uh, big thumbs up to the um, my local GP practice because they were... Very efficient. I was in and out in minutes, like literally in, queued, didn't even have an appointment. Uh, and I must have queued for a couple of minutes, two minutes in there, and then straight out. That was efficient. Very efficient, yes. I had the I had the Pfizer again, so it's three Pfizers I've now had. Three Pfizers. When's it going to end, though, Mr. Hadley? When's it going to end? That's if the, every new variant that the, the booster doesn't get isn't, isn't efficient for, then where's it going to end? Yeah, I mean, I'm not overly keen on having to have boosters every like few months or something just to keep this topped up. But I suppose it's kind of, well, if that's where we have to get to to have some sort of normality, then perhaps, uh, just, perhaps I would. But If you're going through now, they're making restrictions up before everyone gets the booster. They can't do it every few months. It's just not possible. It's not... It's not practical. It can't no. work. No, I was going to say, logistically, I just, they'd be just given, they're just basically halt so many services the way they're having to now to just make resource to do, even deliver boosters and whatever else. That, if, yeah, uh, I think it's not possible. But They fucked already, but... Makes you think, why, why have not... They should have, if they put all this effort into cancer treatment all <laughs> together, spend all this money, they've obviously spent a lot of money and, and they've all, everyone's worked together and they have to make the vaccine. Why don't we just do some other treatment that will definitely kill you? cancer would definitely kill you uh, obviously other stuff just doesn't have the same effect on the global economy in the way this has so people care about this because money makes the world go round that is unfortunate isn't it yeah whereas um, as much as finding a, a cure for cancer would be amazing and obviously potentially very profitable to those that do find the cure as well but obviously people getting cancer as dark as this or as dim as this might um sound doesn't really affect the economy in the same way we should care more about the bees and stuff like that because obviously the re reduction in population of bees might have quite a dramatic effect on the economy because of things like food production and then the knock-on effects that has on the entire economy 
So, um, but we obviously don't care too much about that either. So, because we keep chopping down woods and trees and we keep mowing over fields to build houses and all of the other things that are stopping our bee population thrive. We are the probably the worst beings on this planet, really. We absolutely are. Yeah, we deserve, to be honest, to a certain extent, to be wiped out. So that's kind of why I'm not overly against the uh, the kind of uh, theory of I don't know what the, what the name of it is really, but I guess the the kind of the theory of non biological evolution. So us turning into robots at some point. A lot of people believe that we're only on this, or our kind of our next goal is to basically hand over the baton to robots. So robots will probably wipe us out, and then they'll be the next thing that su- survives on this planet. But I've got a book. What's it called? I think it might have been the singularities in the year, and they class the singularity as the point where robots that we build have the intelligence to build themselves again. Mm. And they say this is uh, quite a famous physicist, um, non Neil deGrasse Tyson. There's another guy who's uh, anyway I can't remember his name. And he goes into scenarios in the future of what robots could be like, and would they see, would they see us as a, a necessity, or would they work with us, or would they go, oh, we don't need these people anymore, get rid of them, type of thing, terminate that type of scenario. I, th- I think the. I don't. I think most people I've listened to on this subject have said that they don't believe robots will ever become kind of in air quotes sentient and wouldn't be able to ha- almost make that decision. They'd be more transactional, and they feel like the demise of humans would be more built on some sort of false logic that we created around. Can't think of the, an example I heard or a good one, but basically we'd end up programming something that backfires, which would cause us to be killed because we they're only following their, their, basically a robot would follow the orders we gave them, but the orders would mean that like to protect themselves or to even to protect whatever they'd kill us instead i didn't explain that very well but as in they wouldn't be doing it from an emotional perspective they'd be doing it because they're just following an order that we didn't feel think through the logic of what that then meant the guy in this book i i read he talks about having a robot as your worker type of thing so you send the robot to work yeah and it creates cash for you yeah you you can live your life I, I have heard this, yes. I've, I've heard a similar similar thing. Which would be very, very good. But yeah. then that comes, you've got to think as well, that, that comes as well, at the start of all this, if that ever happened, the, the rich are going to be the ones who afford that, wouldn't they, at the start? Until, obviously, tech got better and better and more people can afford them. Yeah. Um, I, I am interested when more and more automation comes in, what's going to mean for people's jobs? And It'll go on, eh? That's what I mean, though. That what's what? What is then the then the next phase of evolution for individuals that don't have jobs, or have jobs that will be taken over by automation? You think of things like factory workers, um, lorry drivers. That's probably going to be the next thing. You think about automated trucks or auto- autonomous driving. <coughs> Excuse me. They might take out a lot of jobs. Um, and I guess where does that leave people? They're going to have to get support from somewhere. Oh yeah, I think it depends what. Depends what type of, like you could say, manufacturing jobs to go as an assembly line type of work, where there's only one job that gets done in one at one station type of job. Mm-hmm. They would go first, wouldn't they? Probably. But like, you have operators in factories where they are, they look at, say, I don't know, like an place, you're looking at 
a machine running and going, that's not quite right. And they can see what's wrong and they adjust it from there. I would imagine taking a lot more tech. I'm not saying they wouldn't ever go, but those jobs would go later than your typical assembly line jobs, wouldn't they? Mm. And then the maintenance on top of that where making other decisions which are more complicated, then they would probably take longer to come as well. But I suppose even they would go at some point. And then when robots make themselves, then the robots can maintain themselves as well. Yeah, you'll have a robot medic come in and just do repairs and servicing on said robots. Because it is tech. Um, well, when a training course well, last year, I think it was, and they've got um, VR type, uh, not glasses, whatever, like an Oculus type of headset, uh-huh. and you can dive into the factory anywhere in the world. And you can walk the line and say, right, that's wrong, that's wrong. And you can look at a, like a, a terminal box with electronics in it, and, it, and it, these things and identify what's in it. Mm. There's a capacitor, there's a resistor, blah, 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 blah. It's very interesting, isn't it? Oh, very interesting. Basic stuff, it? But, uh, you know, AI robots. I have got a um, really good segue into today's topic as well. What? Well, you know the idea that you should um, find experts to get your information on insert topic here um you could probably say that don't listen to us on anything we've just spoken about because <laughs> no, we are we are not experts on any of those things um in fact what we've said is probably only just borderline mildly entertaining so um certainly not educational um but no, what we were going to talk about today is uh one of um our friends of the show dr mike banner um put out a post uh, which I can't remember the exact premise of the post. Um, well, I can remember the premise of the post, I should say. Sorry, I can't remember the exact wording of the post. But it was something along the lines of don't take your health advice from Joe Rogan or something like that. It's basically playing on the fact that he knows a lot of people like Joe Rogan and it would probably prick a few ears, um, so to say, and, and get people involved and, um, yeah, generate some some debate or conversation. And I guess I've seen a few friends in the industry share it. I've seen some kind of responses in there audience and kind of the views that people have held that's been very mixed um i kind of originally thought i agree with the premise really in that i know some of the guests that he's had on his podcast are very what you might call on the fringe of science and sensationalist and perhaps not what a lot of people would say is evidence-based and obviously i could only some of the, the the topics that obviously i have absolutely no idea on physics as an example I clearly can't comment on the efficacy or accuracy of what's been said about physics, but um, I understand, and again, that could be an absolutely dangerous thing to say, but that some of the guests you have on, the likes of Neil deGrasse Tyson, etc., um, are quite credible people um, in, the, in those fields. When it comes to nutrition, though, where I feel like I've got a bit more um, authority to say what I think is uh, has been good audience or good, or good, good content, not so much. I mean, he's had the likes of Gary Taubes on there, which obviously believes that carbohydrates slash fruit makes you incredibly obese. Um, I think the scientific consensus is never going to get any stronger than it already is. Basically, there's no, there's hardly any point even funding research for, for kind of the um, uh, energy balance hypothesis versus the the carbohydrate insulin hypothesis, which obviously the likes of Taubes etc. would promote. I don't think you can really do any more to, to show that. It's definitely not carbohydrates that are just making you fat. So, anyway. It talks to people, doesn't it? Mm. All those type of things, mm. for some reason. 
Well, I mean, Mike said that he likes Joe Rogan and he likes his podcast and he really enjoys listening to the people on it. What he also said is, I don't use the information on it as a way of getting my advice on specifically health and fitness, but probably anything really. Because, um, you know, I think you probably shouldn't really be getting... Well, I say that, we actually don't have a podcast, I guess, so it's probably a dangerous thing for me to say. It's just like shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit, but you probably shouldn't be getting any advice from, from podcasts when it comes to serious matters. I'm not saying it, but people... If you have not much understanding of a subject, who, how do you know who is and who is not an expert? Mm. That's the problem, isn't it? You obviously have to go through a life cycle of learning the new in a particular field and then but, it's, but I think as you as you grow older and you get to look at different I suppose it depends on what your background is as well you you sort of well some people learn more how to critically think they take what they know in their field whether that's nutrition finance whatever then <clears throat> think they they would use that product one to try and decipher what sounds like bulletin and what's not, or at least not take someone's comments. They don't know that well at face value and go, actually, I am interested in the subject. Maybe I should take a look to see what else I can find. But then and, and, unless you've got a critical thinking mindset and you, you understand science, then how can you really know who is the who is the, I don't know, who's right and who's wrong. Because as we know, even scientists and doctors can't agree on particular subjects with each other. Hmm. Who have broadly, broadly the same outlook on a topic. They may not agree with a minutia of a topic. So if they can't agree, then how do you know who to listen to? I mean, so it, I, think, I think it is difficult, isn't it? It's like, it's like with this old COVID thing. If you if you had seen the hundreds, of, say the hundreds of doctors who've gone against the vaccine, then well, I couldn't question it really because I'm not a doctor. But is a hundred people is a fairly decent consensus, I suppose. Mm. But there's another say hundred thousand doctors who think it's great to say, well, how would you decipher who's right and who's wrong? You might think, oh well, I'll go with the majority, as that seems more sensible. But, you know, people have gone on the majority in the past and been severely wrong. Mm. So, always. Well, I mean, and this is the thing, is like, being a majority or even having consensus isn't a guarantee that what it is is correct. Um, like, we've, you know, we've found many things over the... Like, like you know, easy example, once upon a time we thought the world was flat, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Um yeah, I, I guess everyone would have believed that. Or at one point in time, we all thought witches existed. Again, everyone would have believed that. So I guess, I mean, the, the reason I think it's an interesting topic or thing to cover is because obviously it is something that happens regularly within the fitness industry especially, that people just believe stuff from a what might seem as a position of authority, whether it's because they've got a certain title, whether it's because it's someone like Joe Rogan that obviously has a massive audience. Um and they just don't have this ability to apply any critical thinking to stuff. And it is amazing how that happens in not just health and fitness, but obviously all throughout, you know, any, you know, insert again, topic here, whatever. Um, 
And don't get wrong, some of the counter arguments very much around like people's views are saying that like Joe Rogan simply invites guests on and allows them to speak um, rather than, as in just giving them a platform rather than actually coming out to say that he or even the guests themselves are necessarily an expert. I mean, the guests themselves would probably put them down as an expert, but if not, they wouldn't be on there. I mean, they're going to be on there to obviously promote themselves, aren't they? But um, and I guess the, 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 some of the conversation and debate comes out, is that a problem though? Because Joe Rogan does have such platform does he have an authority not an authority a um responsibility to make sure that the guests he have on are legitimate or accurate or you know factual uh no i don't think he does it's his show it's an entertainment show i would imagine you can do what he likes mm. it's up to it's, it's not i don't think it's up to him to decipher because he's not nosy on a particular subject who is and who is not the utmost esque can I speak who is the expert in that field or who was the best guy or girl to look at in that field I think it's up to the people to understand well, this is you know this is a podcast it's entertaining am I going to take everything I said as gospel well that's up to you isn't it but I've looked at things I've got no clue about in that subject and gone, oh, that sounds interesting. Then you go away and have a look. Oh, is that, uh, so look, let's have a look at this subject and see what, uh, see where it goes. But I don't think it's up, I don't think it's, um, up to him. I don't think he generally says, well, this is definitely fact. But then I, go, I don't listen to it, you know, that often. I don't listen to him to listen to people like Taubes and Keane and I listen to the subjects I'm fairly interested in or the people I'm interested in like Jack Willink and those sort of people mm. just entertainment to me yeah. I take what Jocko says as gospel you know it's interesting to hear his war stories but you know if he said my fitness regime is this it doesn't mean I'm going to do it no but I, I, I guess that's because obviously you have a semblance of knowledge in that area where you can mm. you can decipher what's kind of right and what isn't right for the most part um if you're talking more around say let's go down the physics route and you listen to someone like neil talk about neil like i know neil oh, <laughs> neil deGrasse tyson it's like me and neil real first name uh, first name terms um but if you listen to someone like him talk about you'd be like i don't know if he's talking to tell the truth or not i've got no idea if it's accurate what he's saying or not i'm just that he just sounds compelling and he sounds like he knows what he's talking about so i'm just gonna go yeah that sounds really good <clears throat> yeah but i think it's stuff i think because he's a theoretical physicist and he's obviously he's doing a lot of maths mm. and they, a lot of theories so you can go right down that theory sounds uh plausible or, or not so it's, i suppose it's up to you whether you well, when I heard him talk, I think it was him, talking about like quantum physics and the idea that particles can interact but are like thousands of miles apart. And it's like, and obviously I guess they're trying to explain. So basically something happens here that in, that affects a particle of some sort of thing that happens over in the United States, say as an example. And they're starting to say that there's some sort of weird dimension link in quantum physics that... That points us out. Obviously, I ain't got a fucking clue what they're talking about. So I'm I'm listening to this thinking, this sounds odd. Um, don't really know what's going on here. Um, but I've got no way of understanding whether that's actually accurate, true or not, or whether that's the scientific consensus, or, or whether it's actually just him spouting some bullshit or spouting something from a position of authority that I'm just going along with because I don't know any better. Yeah. 
maybe, but I don't think, especially theoretical, phys- phys- uh, well, theoretical. Maybe he's not the best example. Yeah. Maybe, but, but, but you can insert any other topic again that I could listen to what sounds like it's a very logical, from a place of authority, no doubt in the speakers in terms of the the, the respect that they give off. Um, and I'm just sat there just absorbed into thinking, oh, this sounds brilliant, or this sounds absolutely true, or whatever. And I've got no, again, idea to be able to, to think critically about whether it is true or not because I don't have that knowledge or base to do it. That's the difficult part. I'd say if my backer is not finance at all, so I started investing a couple of years ago. So you 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 sort of learn and you understand that when someone says invest in this, it'll give you a million good thinking. Mm, you're probably talking bollocks anyway. But you you go you you learn as you go along, don't you? It's like people say, oh, you must invest in crypto. You you be a millionaire. Well, there's loads of cryptos. You're probably not going to be a millionaire. Isn't it? It's the too good to be true thing is definitely a thing, and you just got to you 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 learn in a subject and don't take what you hear as gospel from certain people. You try and get a consensus from a, a lot of different people who you who who maybe been in the game for. Then again, this is a dangerous thing, isn't it? Especially nutrition, who've been in the game for a long time, who've got track record. Then again, there's some divvies in uh, nutrition who've got a track record over years and who talk Alex as well. I knew, but it is difficult to find. It's difficult to find people who you can, I suppose, who you trust. And then you you form your own opinion on a subject. You know? like I got an opinion on crypto and investing, and it doesn't mean that I'm right. It's just what I've learnt from the people I've grown to understand know what they are talking about. But then it's it is hard, isn't it? I mean, but if you listen to Joe Rogan, I don't think, you know, I would think you're going to do it for entertainment purposes. Mm. Or do you like the individual that's on, or you've heard about the individual that's on the, that's on the podcast and you want to know what he or she has to say? Mm. I mean, I have to say, I, I genuinely enjoy, and I listen to a lot of his podcasts, I genuinely enjoy almost all of them. The only ones I don't enjoy are most of the nutrition ones where I'm like, this is just pseudoscience or stuff that's just completely misrepresented or taken away. Or, I mean, there's one, I can't remember his name, there's a UFC co- nutrition coach, George someone, I can't remember his name. I, I think he's been found out since and doesn't get hired anymore. But I heard him talk about a load of protocols and stuff that he does for fighters. And I'm like, this is some of the, the most unevidence-based stuff I've ever heard. And I'm thinking, how are you working in like top pro sports? just don't understand and um, they're the sorts of episodes that do frustrate me and I guess that's the sort of thing Mike's talking about when he's saying about not taking your um, health information from the likes of uh, a Joe Rogan podcast or anything similar because it can be frustrating that these people speak with this level of authority and you know they're in positions of authority because they're working in things like top pro sport so you would think that they would be the best people to give information or, or kind of advice out I, mean, I think if someone's giving advice out and you start to fall, maybe you need to do, maybe you do a little bit of digging yourself. And if you, if say someone recommends a supplement on there, whatever, then you probably should do your due diligence. But you know yourself, people just don't do it. And 
would imagine that's on them as well. Mm. But I mean, at least at least try and find some more information on a particular on a particular topic before you. Let's put it this way: if people are buying a TV, they spend more time looking at what the best TV is than they would looking at what the best thing is for their health. If they viewed all this stuff and work, they just go and buy it. Yeah. If I told you, well, go and get a TV is the best, you wouldn't do it. You'd go and spend three weeks researching a TV. Well, yes and no. Um, I would say that I, I, if if a random on Facebook said, go buy a TV, it's the best, I wouldn't do it. I would spend three weeks looking at things. If you said it, I would be like, hmm, okay, that's probably a good one then. And I'd be more likely to just buy it. I mean, I, I might still do a bit of research, but certainly I, I like personal recommendations. Yeah. But people don't, people don't think people will follow as a gospel, right? Mm. That, that's the best thing I can buy, especially in their health, especially in nutrition. And even this, you know, even the pandemic, you know, oh, this is the best thing for this. All right, I'm going to do it. Or I listened to this one video, all right, that's, that's fact. Then. It's up to people to, it's up to, it's up to people to use their heads in it, but... Yeah. Like have you, as you've seen the last year, that uh, isn't necessarily given. Do you know um, what's more annoying than people taking gospel from entertainment podcasts? Well, um, the fact that Jake Paul keeps winning boxing fights. Yeah, but he's not fighting boxers, is he? No, no, and that, that's that's he's my. Fighting old men. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. He's fighting NBA stars or kind of. You know what looks like in hindsight now washed up UFC fighters, but um, I've said all along. I thought Tyron Woodley still should be too much for him, even at forty-one, and um, you know not a boxer. But clearly, the kid is better than I've ever given credit for. Because uh, well, I think I definitely think he's looking better every fight he adds, which obviously yeah. shows he's improving. He's obviously a decent boxer. I would just like him to fight an actual boxer now and someone probably roughly his own age or even the same type of experience. I wouldn't mind him fighting like a um, Tommy Fury or someone like that, if I'm honest, just to get, because I think that'd be a far bigger test. But Last thing there, it's just, it's just for him, it just seems like a money game there rather than going through, you know, starting off as a pro boxer or whatever, you, you fight people who are relatively equal to you within, you know, Build it up and go up the ranks and get a title shot. Like, like he's demanding he fights um, Canelo. It's like Canelo, rock, knock your head off. Yeah, yeah. It's but like, is Canelo the same weight as him? Even I think Canelo's a bit smaller, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit. Canelo's not big at all, is he? I don't know. Actually, I don't even know what what weight. I don't really follow boxing weight classes, so I don't really know okay. what his weight is. Jake Paul's heavyweight. <coughs> is he heavyweight? He's very big, bloke, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's about one. Well, so, I don't know. I don't know. He cut down on. Um, for the fight, or assume he'd cut. I don't know. For, for me personally, I I wouldn't. If I was, if I thought I was very very good at a particular sport, I wouldn't be calling out people who are not good at my sport. And I think I deserve a, uh, a shot against someone who is at the top level of sport. So why doesn't he call out Wilder or Chisora or Fury? Because he knows why, because his head will come off. Well, well he did, to be fair, you talk about Tyson. You talk about Tyson Fury, yeah. Um, obviously, call that Tommy Fury, but even then, I think it's still that would have been a decent test, because Tommy Fury, from what I know, isn't a bad boxer. Mm. And obviously, he's young, 
you know, should be pretty mobile. The, the, the thing that frustrates me is, um, one, I just don't like Jake Paul, whatever his name is, because he's just got a really punchable face. And I know that seems like an odd thing to say, but he just really has got those faces. Um, and I'm kind of, there's a part of me that just wants someone to shut him up. But I think I have to revert back into my, um, I, oh, I kind of have to revert to the fact that give him some credit because the dude keeps beating people. So the, the only thing I'm slightly concerned, and I don't want to go down the route of sore loser and be like, ah, oh, it looks fake or it's faked again. Because I thought the last one seemed a bit fake. It just felt like Tyrone Woodley, when he did get me against the ropes and obviously did knock him down, that he held off and didn't go for the finish where I thought he would have done. So it's almost like he just let him go, let him recover. And that felt a bit, mm, I'm not sure if that could have easily been a bit of a, a, a buy-off and that he's just kind of thrown it, basically. This one looks like a proper fucking knockout. I'll give him that. However, there's still a part of it that thinks Woodley never really got... I don't. I can't think of... I'm trying to think back of any UFC fights. Bear in mind that I've watched most of Woodley's fights because I've been a UFC fan for basically about a decade. And I can't think of one where he's got knocked out. And obviously, they have like four-ounce gloves in the, in the UFC, so quite small gloves. He's never got knocked out, basically, with tiny gloves on. Yet, he's got knocked out with like boxing gloves on. Yeah. Like that, and that was a... <laughs> I don't know. I felt a little bit like if when you watch it, he could have let him punch him. That was almost could have, could that could have been planned to a certain extent. I don't think it was a fake punch, as in like he wasn't knocked out. But I think that could have been one where that was kind of he let him knock him out. Like, no. I just don't see. How, I just don't see how Jake Paul can think he's good when he's not fighting boxers. And just yeah. it's like, why didn't he fight Woodley in the UFC with the UFC rules? Did oh. he get mashed up? Yeah, That's, but then to be honest, mate. That's, I, don't, I think that's pretty an unfair call because you put any boxer in the UFC and they wouldn't have a fucking hope. You put Mayweather or any... like Obviously, that was the thing with Connor. Connor was saying, come in the UFC and Mayweather would never do it because he's like, there's just no point. Like The differential between quality or the ability to win compared to someone like Connor doing boxing and Mayweather doing UFC is just so big. Like It's not, as big of, it's not, not a bigger difference in quality between Connor's boxing and Mayweather's boxing. Now, obviously, there is a, still a massive fucking chasm of a gap because Mayweather still is just so much better than Conor McGregor um, but I think if you get him in the other round he wouldn't last 30 fucking seconds in an octagon mate 30 oh. seconds nah wouldn't last because he'd just get taken down he'd, get, he'd, he'd take a leg kick and if you've ever taken a leg kick there's something else you're like that hurts different that is not what I expected when you ever get kicked in a leg like like from a, from any sort of Muay Thai or, or any type of kickboxing um, that would happen it just wither away and disappear, or it just get taken to the ground, strangled in seconds. So it'd have to spend time learning jiu-jitsu. It'd have to spend time learning grappling and wrestling. It, there's just no other way. You wouldn't be able to just go in MA and survive with boxing because just there's just too many other disciplines that would just take over. I don't imagine Woodley's gonna be shot from the rooftops. He beat Jake Paul in a UFC match, and then say he's the best UFC fighter ever. I want to go and fight, and I think he could be the same weight. But you get the point. No, always uh, going. Oh, I'm awesome boxing, but you're fighting effectively bums, other YouTubers, or people don't who don't box. I I I agree. Absolutely agree. I think it is a stupid claim. Um, just yeah. fight the heavyweight journeyman boxer and go from there. I just want him to fight someone in the same weight class, even the same type of experience. Like I said, and I just want him to just fight an actual boxer. Will never happen. Well, I think so. He must do. Like, if he, he 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 sounds like he wants to actually become a boxing professional, which you can only really be if you actually start fighting boxers under an organisation. So he's kind of got to start doing that, hasn't he? 
Yeah. Um, well, I think for him to have any credibility, he needs to start calling out people who can box. At his weight, at yeah. his age, I know who's capable of being a professional boxer, you know, fairly wide age range. But, you know, how old's Wilder? 30 something. What's Jake Paul? 20, mid 20s. Fine, here we are. We'll fight Wilder. Well, Watch it come off. Yeah, that's going to say again. I don't. don't He's going to be the big one and say you're a good boxer and a call of this person, this person, this person who, you know, who would like to fight, doesn't him? And then if anybody's ever boxed or done anything like that, so weight is a, makes a big difference in striking sport. Uh-huh. Then to have any credibility, for me, you have to call some of your own weight and your own age. Right, I'm going to fight this guy. And then if you beat him, fine, crack on. If you get your head taken off, then I, that's the end of you. I'm sorry, that's it. Not quite good enough. Mm. I'm just googling the weight, the weigh-ins for Woodley Paul because um, I don't actually know what they weighed in at. Uh, Paul hit 191 pounds. Woodley was 189.6, so similar weights. Woodley, I know, smaller still in terms of height, um, but you know, decent size. He's hundred and what's hundred and one hundred and ninety one point four and uh, Woody was hundred and eighty nine point six, so a couple of pound difference. And a heavyweight boxer is hundred and over hundred and eighty pound, is that that's not, is that low? No, that's not that low. That's not heavyweight. And boxers weigh over two hundred pounds are class as heavyweight. So effectively he's pretty he's near enough heavyweight boxer. Yeah, I, I mean... Him now as Klitschko and Fury and Wilder and Joshua, to me, fight him in that division. Because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Someone would hurt him. Yeah. Or he's probably being told, look, don't call him out. Because they will dazzle your brain and you may never fight again. Potentially. Mm. I mean, Tyson Fury's not known as a, a big hit, does he? But he did some damage to Wilder. Yeah, the thing about I mean, he can he can punch. He's not, he's not yeah. like Wilder's obviously like a proper knockout artist, specialist, isn't he? I mean, was he not like finished something ridiculous? I don't remember what his record is now, but he's finished like forty something of his forty nine fights or whatever. Um, so yeah, obviously that's ridiculous knockout power, and obviously Fury's not that. But Fury, what I will say is hell of a chin. You look at the last fight those two had, and hell of a chin. Bear in mind that Wilder did get some big punches on him. You think most people have gone down and just out, out like a light, whereas uh, he managed to survive through and just carry on putting pressure on, and obviously knocked him down. So, I think if Jake Paul fights Wilder, he's gets not, he's going to get knocked out and probably never going to box again because he'll probably have a brain damage. Uh, wait, wait, or he fights Tyson Fury, who he's never going to knock down because he, he's obviously taking the bigger shot in every way boxing and cut up. Multiple times. So it's like, well, he, he must know these things. He's not the call people who are his weight or similar weight to him because he knows he can't handle it. And to me, if you're going to be that brash, which he is, then call out the big boys in your weight division, not little guys, or, well, Mayweather, what's Mayweather, 140 pounds? Yeah, it's 45, yeah, something like that, yeah. But, um, it, and in boxing, that is... Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah it, I, I mean, he wouldn't even beat Mayweather, I don't think. I think even the size difference between them, 40, 50 pounds, I'd be surprised if he'd even beat Mayweather because Mayweather just wouldn't get hit. He would just outbox him the entire time and get hit. 
Brad did his brother fight him. Yeah, he did, and obviously lost on points. But uh, actually, was it a draw? No, I think he lost on points. I can't even remember now. I think it might have been a draw. I can't even remember now. I remember thinking it was ridiculous. He didn't get knocked out, did he? But then Mayweather's never been a power puncher, so he's probably not ever going to. But um, We've talked a lot about boxing, mate. But uh, I think we'll probably wrap it up there. Hopefully some usual interest of people that have share similar interests with us. If not, never mind. But On another note, just to finish off, I was uh, doing a private image with Jiu-Jitsu the other day. What? You're talking about Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. The two of us tend to do a private at the same time, so we just we fuck it together now, because like, we're the same type of weight, same type of size, blah, blah, blah. So he, he likes a triangle. He does love a triangle, right? Um, and I, I've, I can survive a triangle for quite a long time, because obviously you know yourself, if you can survive a long time, it's not on right. Then our coach, who's now a newly promoted black belt, he showed me and us, this is, this is a triangle. I swear to God, I thought my eyes were going to come out my head. After yeah. check, I was like, I can't handle this. Uh, he said, he did say, see, I've sparred with my coach a lot of, you know, a lot of times. He's, he's one of those, you get coaches who don't spar, and you get coaches who just get amongst it. And I sparred him a few times. And he fucks me up, obviously. But he says, you just fucking don't know when to fucking tap. Uh, in chalk, sorry. Anyway, he said, not happy that. You want to tap on that? And I did. In three seconds, you can go on. Eyes. In fact, my, it, was, it was like having the worst migraine in all of history. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? No. No, I, the, the little details are things that make all the difference in jiu-jitsu. Tiny little, little kind of adjustments or tiny little things that makes, makes the, the, the difference of either, yeah, success or you might not have it. As in, like a, a submission or a choke or whatever, but um, yeah, yeah. And he Good. did. It was. It was. It was uh, can't remember the name of the move now, but it was. It was horrible. Another one. He was showing me. He was thinking, but it's always little, it's always little movements, in it? little movements to create a bit of space, and then that's where the big things come along. Right, my friend. Um, nice to chat. Uh, let's wrap it up and say uh, say sayonara and um, obviously Merry Christmas to everyone listening. So if you've listened to this before Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you're not listening to it before Christmas, then I hope you had a good Christmas. Yeah. Hope Santa buy what you wanted. Yeah. And then she should be an absolute bastard this year, then you shouldn't get anything. <laughs> Very true. Um, I hope everyone doesn't go too hard on the uh, Christmas pudding either. You know, enjoy some, but do it mindfully. That's right. Mindfully eating is key. Bonjour. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.